Happy Friday, everyone. Don Otto here with the Missouri Funeral Directors and Bombers Association. Uh, it's been a few weeks since uh, I've talked with you all. There's been a lot of things going on here, though. That explains why we haven't had a broadcast. We uh, were up at the National Funeral Directors and Bombers Association Convention in Baltimore for a week. Uh, then we had some folks here at the office that uh, were on vacation, and we had some folks out that were sick. And then we had some out of office meetings. And so uh, we're, uh, we uh, haven't been able to, to get you out uh, any updates here, but hopefully now we'll get you back on a regular schedule. I'm broadcasting here today from our conference room upstairs instead of the uh, downstairs uh, makeshift studio in the empty storage room that I usually do because I've been doing a lot of Zoom calls this week. Uh, with different folks and some government agencies and things like that and with the National Association. And whenever I do a Zoom call, I usually do it here where I have behind me our wonderful uh, uh, logo on the wall with the American flag and some old pictures. So so that's that's why I'm up here today. And I notice it looks like the lights are, are going a little weird here. So bear with us on that. Well, since it's been uh, a little bit since we talked with you, going to have a little bit of a potpourri of update items things that uh, we maybe touched on before, but uh, we've got some more information on them and then a couple new items that people have asked me to, to discuss here today. First off, the first update is that once again, we do have a state board. The state board, as anticipated, was reappointed by the governor uh, not long after the special session and the veto session ended. There was some paperwork they have to do whenever people get reappoint, would get appointed, even though they were really reappointed. But that has been done. The state board of bombers uh, and funeral directors is once again reappointed. And they had a very brief phone conference meeting last week where uh, it mainly was doing with them getting reorganized uh, again. Uh, it was not a meeting where anybody could make public comments or make presentations or anything like that. The first real meeting of the uh, state board is currently scheduled for December 1st. Uh, stay closer to, to that date and we'll get you more updates on, on all of that, what the topics will be, and to make sure that it actually is going to be on that date and where it's going to be held. All right. From the National Convention, we have some interesting news. Uh, first off, the formaldehyde study well, has been published, and you can read about that online. Just search NFDA formaldehyde study, and that'll come up with some good, interesting information for you. The good news is it's a great big, long study. There's a lot of information in it, but the bottom line on it is there's nothing in the study that indicates from the people who, who know about this stuff that there should be any uh, increase strengthening of the formaldehyde rules. Formaldehyde, the way funeral directors, the way embalmers, the way funeral establishments handle that product, it's not really a significant, it should not be a significant issue for the federal government regulators. There's really no reason that they need to make any of these regulations more stringent, more onerous, more expensive for funeral homes. So that's good news. Also, the Federal Trade Commission is reviewing the funeral rule. All of you, I know I know you know and love the funeral rule. Of course, uh, for any out there that are maybe new or students and are, aren't familiar with it, the funeral rule consists of basically two parts. First is the price lists, 
Every funeral home must have certain price lists. They must be given out or shown to the consumer at certain times. There's a lot of rules and regulations on that. If you are interested in learning more about the uh, funeral rule, I suggest everyone get a copy of this book, Complying with the Funeral Rule. It is an amazing document. You can get it from the Federal Trade Commission online. It is without a doubt the most wonderful document I've ever seen from the federal government. Because even though you may not like the funeral rule, and I don't, uh, this is this document does a wonderful job of explaining the funeral rule, everything you need to know about the funeral rule, and it does it in a nice, concise, clear, comprehensive manner. It is without a doubt the most unusual document I've ever seen from the federal government because it covers the topic well. It does it very uh, concisely, completely. You can understand it. It gives you great examples. Everybody should have one of these. We give these out to our students when they come and, and do our law review class, but you can get one too uh, at business.ftc.gov. Business, ftc.gov is uh, apparently where the, the site is to get that. But search it if you can't find it. It's complying with the funeral rule. I call it the purple book. But anyway, they are reviewing the funeral rule with the uh, question being whether or not they need to strengthen the funeral rule, whether they need to add more rules. The comments that have been given on that in general are no, you don't. But the one thing that the National Association has been pushing for is that uh, to treat everybody equally because the funeral rule only applies to licensed funeral establishments. So all the rules dealing with the casket price list and when you have to show them the casket price list and the fact that you have to accept the outside caskets, all that, those only apply to licensed funeral establishments. They don't apply to casket stores. They don't apply to cemeteries. They don't apply to online businesses that try to do all this stuff that aren't regulated, that don't have a license. So that's one thing I know the National Association has been pushing for. And uh, a lot of and, and a lot of people have is if you're going to have these rules, at least make them apply to everybody equally. Also from the uh, National Association was update updates on the uh, Brave Act. Um, that was the act that we in Missouri, as well as all the, most of the other states, have for a number of years gone to Washington D.C. to lobby for. And that act says that when a veteran passes away. That veteran is going to get the same funeral benefits regardless of where they pass away. In the past, and well, I'll, I'll tell you when the effective date is, the, the rule has been for a long time, if a veteran passes away at a veteran's hospital or another veteran's facility, they got more benefits than if they passed away somewhere else. Vet, identical, Almost identical veterans, same service, same history, same everything else, except one of them died at a veteran's hospital. One of them died at a non-veteran's hospital. Those two veterans got different veteran benefits uh, for their funeral, for their uh, final disposition. That was really weird, for example, if from Columbia, Missouri, because in Columbia, Missouri, you have the veteran's hospital here, parking lot, the University of Missouri Hospital. So a person could die at the veterans hospital here, 
But if they and they got more benefits than a person who died across the street at the parking lot. Well, the Brave Act takes care of that and it levels the playing field. Everyone will be getting the same death, final disposition benefits uh, for their funeral, for their burial, for their cremation, regardless of where they pass away. Now, the kicker to that is it doesn't go into effect until January. January 2023 is when that goes into effect. So up until that time, uh, the same rules apply. If somebody passes away at a veterans, uh, a VA facility, a veterans administrative facility, they will still be getting more benefits. But that will change in 2023, starting in January. So that's good news there. Had a good question. You know, One of the most recent uh, videos we did do was talking about disinterment. Everything you have to do when you move a body from one location to another location, taking it out of the cemetery, moving it to another cemetery. The question I had on that, and it was a good one, was when you do that, when you remove a body from a cemetery and take it to another cemetery, or you remove a body from a cemetery because the family wants the body disinterred and they then want to cremate the body, do you need to change the death certificate? Do you need to go and amend the death certificate to change the final disposition? Well, the answer to that is no, you don't have to, but you can. Um, I should have mentioned this in the video. I didn't think of it. Thank you for those people who ask about it because it's an excellent question. We had talked with the uh, vital records about this and their answer is no, you do not have to change the final disposition on a death certificate, even though that death certificate might say they were buried at St. Andrew's Cemetery, and now they have been disinterred and moved over to Riverport Memorial Cemetery, you don't need to change that on the death certificate. But if you want to, if the family wants to, you can. So it's an option. You can amend the death certificate, but you do not have to. Talking about death certificates, got some bad news and some good news dealing with vital records. The bad news is a couple of people that have been working over there uh, for, for some time now, and in my opinion, have been doing a great job of trying to get them caught up on everything, quit. Um, one of the people that we deal with a lot on the amendments uh, got married and moved to Cape Girardeau, <laughs> and another one I think retired. Uh, so, uh, you know, that's, that's bad news because those people knew what they were doing, they were doing their best to try to get caught up on everything, even though and they were still behind in backlog. And they lost a couple people over at Vital Records. That means they're going to have to hire new people. And that means it's going to be a while for them to hire them. It's going to be a while for them to train them. And so expect delays in uh, birth, death, records, amendments, and all that stuff out of Jefferson City. Nothing that can be done about it. It's just uh, they're going to try to get those people up and running as fast as they can, but it's not an easy job. It's not a simple their computer system. You, you, all of you that love Moevers, <laughs> well, the system they have in Jefferson City is worse uh, as far as learning how to how to make it work. It's just that old, antiquated, and complicated. So that's the bad news. We lost a couple of good people over at Vital Records, and so that will probably slow things down in the short term. Good news, however, good news is that uh, we have been told that it's very promising. It looks like Vital Records has been approved to increase the number of employees they have. 
the magic phrase, FTE, full-time employee, they will are going to be able to increase the number of FTEs that they currently have. I had a conversation with someone at the national convention that uh, was interested in knowing whether or not there was a way to get more money to vital records so that they could hire more people. And the answer to that question was, well, money's not the issue. The cash is not the issue. It's that every department, every division, every office in the state of Missouri has a limit on the number of FTEs they are allowed to have. It's locked in. And to change that is not easy. It's got to go through the whole budgetary process. It's got to get approved by this person. It's got to get approved by that person. It, it can theoretically go up to the governor's office. Um, and FTEs are the key. Even if you've got plenty of money, even if you've got money to hire a dozen people, your, your three ring binder says you're only allowed to hire four, three or four or five. And that's how it goes. And unfortunately, during COVID, the vital records lost some FTEs. They lost some FTEs because they were transferred to other departments uh, to do uh, COVID work. Uh, and so uh, we've been dealing with that problem. That's one of the reasons why there's the backlog and the delay in getting some things done. They simply don't have enough warm bodies sitting in the cubicles there, sitting at the desks, uh, able to do the work. Well, the good news is, is they do are going to be able to hire more people now. Uh, they've got the approval to get more people hired. Now that takes a while, of course, because you have to put out the ad that you're hiring people. There are rules about how long those, those job listings have to be posted, where they have to be posted. Of course, they have to get uh, people in interviewed and qualified and trained, but they are hiring. And so this is a, this is a, a, a little, a one ad shout out to the whole world. If you know somebody that lives in the Jefferson city area or nearby, because the, these people do have to work from the office in Jefferson city. So if you know somebody that might be interested in working for vital records and doesn't mind having to deal with people like me <laughs> who call them up every time, or people like you who send stuff in and call them up every time, if you've got somebody that can handle that kind of situation and deal with vital records. They are hiring. The, the technician uh, salary for this for these positions is $36,000 a year with full state benefits. And the way they calculate that, that brings a value of that job to over $53,000 a year. So uh, salary plus benefits uh, is calculated at uh, being over $53,000 a year uh, for these positions. And they are hiring. And just like everybody else, out there, uh, every office in the state of Missouri that I know is hiring uh, is having trouble finding people. It's not just you. It's not just uh, the restaurant that has to sh can't be open for lunch because they can't get uh, enough uh, employees. Everybody's having a hard time finding qualified people, people that are willing to work. So if you know somebody that you think would be great working with vital records, working on the computer, working with funeral directors <laughs> uh, and the public, and all that good stuff, uh, have them check out the uh, Missouri Vital Records, Department of Health, Department of uh, Health and Senior Services, the Bureau, the Bureau of Vital Records, because they are hiring. And the sooner that they can get people hired, the sooner they'll get trained, and the sooner we can get back up to speed on everything. So that is the good news with that. The last thing I wanted to bring up is kind of a, 
a serious matter, and it was brought up by one of our funeral directors, and it was a very good question. Obviously, as funeral directors, you are dealing people that are very often in a difficult emotional situation. They have lost a loved one. Uh, they might be dealing with family issues on top of that because obviously the, the, the stress of all that brings out the best and the worst in family situations. And you might be dealing people with are very depressed and you might believe that a person <laughs> that's in your office, that's at your funeral home is suicidal. What do you do if you think somebody is suicidal? Well, first off, you're not obligated to do anything. There is no mandatory reporting requirement for funeral directors. Uh, there potentially is for a few healthcare workers, uh, psychiatrists, things like that. But but for uh, for funeral home funeral directors, people in your position, you are under no obligation to report that to anyone if you think somebody has suicidal thoughts. But obviously, if, if you felt somebody was potentially suicidal and you thought about calling somebody and you didn't <coughs> and uh, turns out they did something, I bet you feel pretty bad. I know I would. Uh, a friend of mine um, had moved away, uh, so I hadn't seen him in a long time. And uh, he was an attorney. Uh, he walked into his uh, law office on one Sunday this past year and said to the one of the guys there, he, he thought he was going to be in the, the law office by himself. And he said to the attorney, there was an attorney there working on Sunday. And he said to that attorney, oh, I didn't know you were going to be here. I said, yeah, I'm working. I'm working all weekend. And uh, this this attorney said, well, I guess I'm going to have to kill myself somewhere else. That's what he did. Now, the attorney at the office didn't think any of it. He thought he was just joking, but he wasn't. He went and killed himself somewhere else. Uh, now, in that situation, that, that attorney feels horrible, but uh, he didn't even think it was really serious, and he still feels hor horrible about it. So, you know, what should you do or what can you do if you think that somebody is in such an emotional state that they might be taking their own life? Well, first off, if you think that that is imminent, that they might be literally going out into your parking lot to do something or heading straight home from your office to do something, if you think that person is in imminent danger of taking their own life and you have contact information, a way that somebody can get a hold of them, the uh, suggestion from the National uh, Suicide Prevention and Suicide uh, Counselor people is for you to call law enforcement. Call your police department, call your sheriff's office, let them know what the situation is. And then it'll be obviously up to them to evaluate that and decide what, if anything, to do. But that's if you think it is imminent, if you think something's happened. If you think somebody is just very severely depressed, that it's something they might be considering, maybe not right now, but you're worried about that person, one thing you can pass along to either that person or their friends or relatives is the new suicide hotline number that took effect in Missouri in July of this year. Uh, and that is 988. You know, just like you dial uh, 911 for this uh, and 214 for something else. If you dial 988 on your telephone, you will be automatically con 
connected to suicide counselors. And you yourself can call that number if you don't know what to do. If you don't know what resources are in your area. If you have a friend, you know, let, let's not even deal with uh, uh, consumers, clients, customers, family members, uh, your, your own family, your own self, your own situation. If you're not aware of what uh, resources are available in your area, that 988 number can hook you up with people closest to you in your area, or you can give that number out to other people. So that is uh, a resource that just went into effect this summer, the 988 Suicide Prevention Hotline. So that's what we have today. Uh, we're doing a lot of work here at the office, getting ready for uh, the new year, for the legislative session that's coming up, and for the convention. And we've got some great convention speakers that we've got planned, including Dr. Jerry Trippets. You may have seen him on things like Good Morning America, CBS Morning News, things like that. He's going to be talking to us. We've got a whole lot of other ones. And if you show up, you might have a chance to get the Missouri Funeral Directors and Bombers Association 135-year anniversary mug. We just got these in. Um, if you're lucky and you come to the convention, you might be able to get your hands on one of these. Yes, 2023 is the 135th anniversary of the Missouri Funeral Directors Association. We started in 1888. That's one of the things, one of my one of my favorite things I get to do every now and then is uh, on occasion, uh, we have to apply for a new credit card because we've changed banks or I have to fill out some form for uh, the building or for uh, uh, at the annual for filing our taxes or something like that. And uh, you have to fill in the blank is uh, when did the business start? Uh, and I get to put down 1888. <laughs> and every now and then we've gotten a call back. Uh, it says, uh, uh, we think you made a mistake. And I said, no, we didn't. That's how long we've been here. So 135 years in 2023. Watch for more in information on the convention because that's going to be our celebration. So thank you for listening. Sorry that we've had a gap here between our uh, little talks but we'll hopefully get this back on a more regular basis uh, unless something else pops up. But until next time, whenever that is, stay safe.